Hello, and welcome to Quote Unquote Democracy. Uh, I'm David, your host. This is our second episode, but really it's uh, part two of our first episode. In this one, I'd like to uh, dig a little deeper into the numbers that make up the American workforce to give you a better idea of exactly how many people are working, where, and for what. In hopes that some of us realize how much we are all equally being missed and underrepresented by those tax dollars collected from us that we talked about in uh, the first episode. Now, I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not a big fan of crunching them at length like I've been for the last couple of days in preparation for this. Uh, but it's super important to display to you exactly how much money we are all actually making these entities and uh, kind of where it's going. In the last episode, I spoke about how uh, American labor is the driving force of our economy, of course. That we all go to work to generate the revenue for corporations through selling goods or services. How the income taxes generated from that labor fund the government. And how we're also the ones purchasing those goods and services with the remainder of our wages. Now, that's a simple statement. But in this episode, I'd like to get into some specifics of the size of the American workforce how much money we are all actually generating for business and government, what we're seemingly getting in return for our financial and physical investments, and hypothetically, you know, that was mentioned in the last episode, what what would you cost these corporations that are lobbying against you if you in mass just didn't show up to work for a week? Just to demonstrate the power we all have from carrying the entire economy on our backs. Now, I'm not an expert in all of these industries specifically, but let's be honest, neither are you. I will be making some presumptions only for the sake of moving the conversation along, mostly because if we get bogged down on top-to-bottom corporate-to-entry-level wages, we'll be here for hours discussing how each industry is financially operating differently. Now, if there's something you feel has been egregiously overstated, then by all means, Contact us, head us up on the show at podhatemail at gmail.com. I have no problem correcting, adjusting, or addressing any criticisms. Unlike a lot of the people we tend to argue with, I'm actually willing to make valid corrections, and I've been known to change my opinion when confronted with hard peer-reviewed data. Doesn't make you a hypocrite to adjust your perspective to new evidence when presented. If you stick to your guns, you get buried with them. That's a fact. Um, Now to start, um, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, the BLS, there are actually roughly 127 million American citizens in our current workforce, uh, making an average of $56,000 a year, apparently. That's 127 million. Leaving, uh, to be honest, that's leaving 199 million people that aren't working. Uh, That's the 199 that are either too young to work, disabled, ill, or retired. So that's a workforce of uh, 127 million. So we're going to break the 127 million down a little. And this is all general. There's a million ways to break these numbers down even further, but once again, Getting bogged down really doesn't service the pace. So uh, I'd also like to say that I'm, I'm not going to individually cite each number or piece of data. So I specifically only utilize data from a handful of sources. Uh, if at any point you're wondering where a figure came from, I found almost all of this data, or I think all of this data through uh, the BLS mentioned earlier. 
United States Census Bureau, the Bureau of Economic Analysts, and uh, the corporate web pages of any of the specific corporations that I mentioned later. So I kept my resources and my references down to maybe a half dozen. Uh, so that's uh, 126 million, roughly, is the workforce of the United States. That 126 million is generating the world's largest GDP. GDP is, of course, gross domestic product, which is the measurement in value of a country's general output of goods and labor. It's disputed in scope, but widely used as a, a barometer for of, uh, of any country's economy. Now, the United States, with the highest GDP in the world right now, uh, has a GDP of $18.6 trillion. $18.6 trillion generated by the American workforce slash American consumer. $18.6 trillion we all generate in labor and goods production. So you're probably wondering how much of the government on top of that GDP generates through income taxes that they collect from all of us. Well, here it is. The U.S. last year collected $2.3 trillion in income tax alone and $1.4 trillion uh, from the taxes on goods and services. That's $3.7 trillion we generated to fund our government employees, federal employees, and uh, federal programs last year. And that's obviously not including what some of the politicians uh, made in supplemental income from lobbyists. So who do you think is generating those trillions? It's you, all of you. Well, 126 million of you, apparently. So, let's take a look at that 126 million people making an average of $56,000 a year. That 126 million, including, uh, or according to the uh, previously stated sources, includes 30 million city, state, or federal government employees. 30 million government employees. That's also... 15 million self-employed workers or self-employed people um, which is you know always good those 15 million self-employed people are higher are employing 29 million people so that is uh, 44 million people just from the self-employed aspect and uh it also includes 14 million union workers. So if you remove all those from that 127 million, 126 million, you're left with roughly 37 million non-government, non-union, non-self-employed, or working for somebody who's self-employed jobs. Now, if you remove the 12 million manufacturing jobs, you're left with about 25 million people. These 25 million people are the ones flipping the burgers they're stocking the retail shelves, and they're working the gas stations. These are the people whose fellow Americans attack their work ethic on a daily basis because of their employer, saying, get a better job, or you don't deserve insert livable wage here. Now, these are the people I'm speaking to right now. If you heard my earlier statement that the average American income is $56,000 a year, and you're thinking that number is exceedingly higher than your personal income right now, I'm talking to you. 
you're pumping the gas, maybe not literally, obviously, but you're running the register, you're flipping the burgers, you're stocking the retail shelves, and you're told on a daily basis that somehow working those jobs make you lazy or incompetent. This type of middle class versus poverty division is exactly what these corporate and political entities are hoping to aggravate. 25 million underpaid, underappreciated, underrepresented employees who at the heart of it are actually moving the American economy forward on a daily basis by servicing the rest of the country's fucking needs. You are the people with all the power. You are the people that could bring the entire economy to a grinding halt by simply walking out. Never come back. Well, at least for a week. These people putting you down and attacking your work ethic have no idea how important you are to the day-to-day operations of this country. No burgers flipped, no gas pumped, no shelves stocked. What would they do without you? Are they going to hire and train new staff in a matter of a day or two? We all know how silly that is, which means we all know how important those jobs really are. See, we're not talking about the 327 million people in our population. We aren't talking about the actual 127-ish million that, who actually go to work every day. We aren't going to worry about the 14 million union jobs, the 15 million self-employed, the 29 million people working for them. We don't need to worry about the 12 million manufacturing jobs and obviously not the 30 million government jobs who are part of the financial burden. So realistically, in the hypothetical sense of a nationwide walkout, we would need a majority of 25 million people. Maybe not even a majority. If we broke down that 25 million into quarters, we'd end up with slightly over 6 million people. Now, McDonald's employs 1.5 million people. Walmart employs about the same, according to the BLS. Uh, there's 606,000 gas station cashiers, a little over a half a billion gas <laughs> gas station cashiers, and that's not even all the gas station related jobs. And between two of the nation's uh, other largest private sector employers, Target and Home Depot, you will see around another 500,000 American jobs. In these cases, I'm using rounded figures only because those these corporate entities will not provide the data for their domestic employment, uh, at least uh, Home Depot or a handful of these. Amazon, uh, Yum Brands, who owns Pizza Hut, KFC. Uh, they, they won't provide the data for their domestic employment, which should be uh, concerning in itself. And a handful of the largest employers based in the United States uh, do not provide the numbers of how many actual Americans they employ. They will provide the worldwide numbers, uh, but not the domestic numbers. Not all of them. Uh, you, like I said, you can find the Walmart, McDonald's. They actually provide a lot of that information. Um, so I use those specific four corporations only because they're on the top ten employers. And like I said, you could add Young Brands or uh, Amazon in there as well if you could specifically find the numbers. So if you added uh, Target and Home Depot, we probably added Yaman. Amazon, you'd be creeping up on uh, probably a little over 5 million. <clears throat> that's almost a quarter. That's al- You're almost at that 6 million. So that's a quarter of the population who's working non-union, non-government, non-manufacturing, non-self-employed jobs. 
and you can break that down into less than half of a dozen industries. Industries that are imperative to the day-to-day operations in this country. Feeding, fueling, and supplying everyone else going to and from work. Industries that intentionally demonize their own workforce and lobby against their best interests. Ask yourself, what would happen if McDonald's and Walmart spent their lobby money on raises and health coverage for their employees instead of political lobbying? Would you create any loyalty and contentment? Uh, you would think. And like Again, like I said in the first episode, a healthier and more educated workforce can never be the downfall of an economy. These corporations, for some reason, don't want to pay you well, and they want politicians to legislate that they don't have to provide you with a livable wage. I'll say this, uh, trickle-down economics doesn't work. <laughs> if, tri- if trickle-down worked, we wouldn't need minimum wage laws in this country. The reason trickle-down does, like, trickle-down is absolute bullshit. Is obviously, we have to mandate wages or they'd pay the American public as little as humanly possible. If wealth trickled down, we wouldn't have to enforce wages. Most employers are not profit-sharing. So the concept is moot. You, there is no trickle-down. You can thank fucking Ronald Reagan for that bullshit. I'm just saying that every worker is important to the economy and GDP as a whole. But the least valued and most underpaid employees in this country are actually the most important, exclusively for the fact that they are servicing everyone else on their drives to and from those other jobs that are apparently way more important. Now, I'd like to say that I'm a college-educated person. I've spent tens of thousands on an education. I haven't made a minimum wage in a handful of years, you know, probably 10 years. But that doesn't mean that somehow, I somehow think that minimum wage jobs are a burden, minimum wage workers are lazy, uneducated, or somehow less important. People deserve to be able to take care of their families and themselves. It's that simple. And if you think shit like, I paid X amount of dollars for my education, that idiot doesn't deserve to make what I make, you are part of this massive fucking problem. Someone else's wages are irrelevant to your own wages and your education. If you're mad about what you spent on your education in accordance to your current wage, I promise you, it isn't the guy at McDonald's fucking fault. It's an educational system designed to create debt and an employment infrastructure designed to pay you as little as allowed. Obviously, dude at the gas station didn't do that to you. See the logic there? Divisive bullshit. They shoved on your throats to keep us fighting amongst ourselves. But at the heart of the entire problem is large corporations lobbying against the best interests of the American public. Stop telling these people to get better jobs. You need these people. We all do. And they deserve to be treated like productive, necessary cogs in the machine. If you don't agree with any of this, you're only and you're only serving your own self-interest and not the interest of the country at large. Prove me wrong. Write the show, pod8mail at gmail.com. What they forced you to spend on your education and what they forced you to accept as a wage has nothing to do with any of those 25 million people keeping the trucks moving and shelves stocked. You should be grateful. Maybe those people are more fiscally responsible than you. How much money do you really make when you take the debt of your education into consideration? I mean, we all realize that if we fix the minimum wage in this country, how many people would be immediately booted off their government assistance or so many people are bitching about? 
the percentage of the minimum wage workers on government assistance would drop drastically because they would make too much money to be applicable anymore. It's very simple. If you raise the minimum wage, less people are, are applicable to government assistance. It's good as a whole. And those minimum wage workers who are on government assistance are paying into the same system. That's their money just as much as it is yours. We all spend around $35 a year on welfare. You can look that up. If you're more worried about that $35 than you are how much of a politician costs, you're a fucking idiot. Point blank. You're part of the problem. You just want to attack your neighbor and not the real problem. Your hired civil servants. That's the problem. Now to you, that demonized minimum wage worker who's actually shouldering the entirety of the American workforce in gas, food, and retail goods, if y'all could organize and inform, if they could get together and realize that the position of power they're in, they could change the whole country. Each one of you, 25, 26 million of you, flipping the burgers, pumping the gas, and, and stocking the shelves, if you just stopped, you could bring this entire country to a grinding halt. And we've all been watching the news and across the country, teachers have been doing walkouts, just refusing to be treated like shit anymore. And they have to beg our government to use our money to pay them more. Our educators, the people educating our kids, have to beg the people taking our money to pay them more. That is a massive amount of bullshit. And you don't see Lockheed Martin or Northrop Grumman the industrial military industrial complex walking out over a lack of funding. It's teachers, but it's really, it's all of us. I mean, these teachers have taken the power that we all have as employees of this country, paying and voting to hire politicians to not represent us. And it has at least in some form been productive for groups of them. If you think by raising the minimum wage, you will spur inflation. You're also a fucking moron. You're believing everything that's told to you. Inflation has already happened. And it's been happening. And wages never caught up. And Walmart can't raise their prices. The only reason anyone shops there is the low prices. So please, stop selling that bullshit. If Walmart raised their prices, they wouldn't be able to compete with their the other large one. Uh, Meyer, Costco... Costco is already paying their employees well above federal mandates. They wouldn't have to catch up to a wage increase. There would be no inflation. Walmart is spending millions of dollars on lobbying this to make sure their wages stay low so they can keep their prices low so they don't have to compete. Walmart's making $40 million a day, roughly, and $14.7 billion annually off the backs of its employees and the wallets of the American constituent. So I say to all those underappreciated employees, inform your coworkers, explain the position of power you're all in, organize together, and just, just stop. Hypothetically, think about it. Stop giving the government 22% of your already low wage. Stop letting your neighbors treat you like you're less important, less educated, or that you have a deficit in work ethic. It's all of you. If all of you said you know what, you're right. I'm going to quit, and I'm going to pursue more lucrative. I'm going to get a better job. This country would shit itself overnight. There's no one there to run the register. No one there to flip the burgers. No one there to stock the shelves. The whole country is riding on your backs. 
And all you had to do is save it up seven days. You think those CEOs are going to be out there flipping those burgers? You think they're going to hire and train new staff in a day, in seven days? No. What can they do? Fire all of you? Hire and train an entire workforce in a day or two? No. Not, not while remaining employees as productive. They just fucking can't. They need you. And you're fulfilling your end of the deal, but you need them to take care of you as a loyal employee. And they are not fulfilling their end of the deal. You deserve better. This country is depending on you. Stop letting these politicians take your money, funding this country, and spending it on keeping you under thumb. You deserve more. We all do. And if we can stop attacking each other for two seconds, we'd all realize that we fund the same mess. And we all get the same in return. Seven days a week. Now, take one of those weeks out of the, the equation. It could change the perception on not only the corporate sleazebags you work for, not just the politicians robbing you, but also your fellow Americans that need to realize that they rely on you every hour of every day. 25 million people. They hold so much, and they're told they mean so little. Stop letting these pricks attack your work ethic while simultaneously relying on you. It's time for a bloodless revolution. A revolution that unites and not divides. You don't have to arm. You don't have to fill the streets. You don't have to do any of that shit. All I have to do is simply stop. Now, I'm curious to your opinions, inclinations, feelings, reactions. I know I will be revisiting this topic. But next week, I'd like to move on to uh, more topics that are begging for a non-left-right perspective and possibly bring in some guests. Um, I'm trying to find out where we, what we all actually agree on. Drop the dogma for a minute. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, again, that's podhatemail at gmail.com. You know, you're allowed your opinion as a citizen in this great nation. And I will not stray away from hearing it. I'm willing to read emails on the show regardless of what we do or do not agree on. I want you to note that I do not mention the left or right wings uh, or any specific politician because they are all part of the main crux of this problem. I'm not going to mention any, you know, I'm going to try to avoid mentioning any politicians specifically. I'm not going to attack the left or the right specifically. I only refer to them as a whole. Uh, it's, I think it'll kind of help us find a middle ground and get rid of the rhetorical bullshit. In closing this week, I'd like to say, stop shitting on one another. Your neighbor isn't your enemy. Your enemy is corporate and political greed and legislative encroachment. Your enemies are those taking your money every day and giving you nothing for your investment. We are not divided. We are only told we are based on the subject matter that's presented. Turn it off. Talk to one another. Both sides. Shut the fuck up and open an ear. And I'd like to close, like I said last week, I'd like to close each episode with a quote that kind of ties in the sentiment of everything. Uh, this week's quote, you know, comes from a controversial figure in his own right, Mr. Thomas Jefferson, in which he said, A wise and frugal government shall not take from the mouths of labor the bread it has earned. And this has been Problems of Quote-Unquote Democracy. Thank you. Be safe. All of you. Peace.